Welcome to the Academy of Consultation Liaison Psychiatry podcast series, where we discuss all things related to CL psychiatry, important clinical updates, interviews with leaders in the field, and new CL psychiatry research. I'm your host, Sahil Munjal, a CL psychiatrist and representing the ACLP Online Education Subcommittee. In this first series of podcasts, we will invite three members from the Evidence-Based Guidelines Subcommittee to share their recent annotations on three timely papers in the areas of climate change, integrated care, and HIV. The annotations review important papers covering diverse content areas in CL psychiatry and are updated every quarter. You can also find these annotations on the ACLB website. So, let's get started. We will have Dr. Mary Burke discuss an article titled Climate Change in Children and Young People and Their Beliefs About Government Responses to Climate Change, a global survey published in Lancet Planet Health in December 2021 by Hickman et al. Dr. Burke, can you please do a quick introduction of yourself? Thank you so much for inviting me to do this. Um, It's very exciting, and I think this is a very important article. I'm the medical director of UCSF's Trauma Recovery Center. I'm I'm also part of UC's Climate Change and Mental Health Task Force. I've had a long interest in the impact of the environment on development and mental health, and in the past, I collaborated with the Pediatric Environmental Health Specialty Unit. Right, awesome. It is important to highlight the topic of climate change and climate anxiety, which has become as much of a political issue as it is scientific. It has been shown that higher temperatures are tied to depressive symptoms and suicidality. I've been seeing more and more studies linking climate change to mental health. Actually, just yesterday saw a study showing days of extreme heat are associated with higher ED visits for any cause, including psychiatric disorders. The article talks about climate anxiety. Even though there are many definitions about climate anxiety, it is defined as a state of heightened emotional, mental, or somatic distress in response to dangerous changes in the climate system. A few important statistics I want to share here to give some context. According to a recent poll from the American Psychiatric Association, the APA, more than two-thirds of Americans are somewhat or extremely anxious about the impact of climate change on the planet, and more than half are somewhat or extremely anxious about the impact of climate change on their own mental health. According to data Google provided, searches for climate anxiety has soared 565% between October 2020 and October 2021. Again, highlighting how this has become such an important issue. With that, Dr. Burke, uh, can you discuss uh, the background of the study? Thank you so much. Yeah, before I move to the study, um, you know, as you noted, there's a higher awareness that climate change has a psychological toll. Um, some of the f- terms that have been introduced include nostalgia, which is longing for one's place after being forced to leave, uh, or solastalgia, which is longing or sadness for one's place as one watches it deteriorate. Um, And that was originally applied uh, in Australia as uh, fires and mining caused loss of farmers' land. Uh, We also know about the physiological disruptions you mentioned in response to heat, including suicidality, aggression, and mental health admissions. 
Uh, the most common observations we see are post-traumatic stress disorder and depression after catastrophic events and associated trauma and loss. Um, but this article looked specifically at the emotional impact of climate change on 16 to 25-year-olds. That's those who will be living with the results of climate change longer than the politicians who are currently in power. Right. So children and young people are particularly vulnerable to the risk of climate change. As this article points out, uh, children of present and future generations will bear an unacceptably high disease burden from climate change. And a 2021 UNICEF report estimates that 1 billion children are at extremely high risk as a result. So now let's delve a little deeper into the study. All right. So I'm just going to do a brief summary. First, the authors surveyed 10,000 children, so that's 1,000 each in 10 countries. And these are countries that represented the global north and the global south, six from the industrialized world and four from emerging nations. And just for the listeners, the, uh, the countries that uh, the study included were Australia, Brazil, Finland, France, India, Nigeria, Philippines, Portugal, the UK, and the USA. Right. Um, and the, the sampling platform they used was something called Kantar, which is a global but highly vetted marketing platform to which people sign on as volunteers. Uh, Kantar asked questions that elicited emotional experience related to climate change and also to governmental response. Right. And the survey was developed by experts in climate change emotions clinical and environmental psychology, psychotherapy, psychiatry, human rights law, child and adolescent mental health, and young people with lived experience of climate anxiety, which I found to be really interesting. Let's discuss the findings. The broad findings are that 59% of all respondents were extremely worried about climate change, but a full 84% were at least moderately worried. 75% reported that the future is frightening, and 83% thought that humans had failed to take care of the planet. Wow, those are pretty high numbers. Uh, also, another finding from the paper uh, I wanted to highlight was that more than 45% of the respondents said that their feelings about climate change negatively affected their daily life and functioning. Those are very, very high numbers. Now, I'm also curious how the data related to individual countries. Okay, I'll look at some of the details. Um, the least distress uh, showed up in the youth from the USA and Finland, although even in those two somewhat protected countries, over 50% of youth do report sadness and fear. However, youth in the Philippines, where the numbers are over 90%, in India, over 73%, and Brazil, almost 70%, reported the highest levels of distress. It seems like the developing countries where the youth are more vulnerable to climate change have high rates of distress. Um, yes, youth in those countries, um, youth in the countries that were most likely to report that the future is frightening and that people have failed to take care of the planet are living in regions that are prone to storms, flooding, or catastrophic fires. So it's not surprising that they report the most distress. And also, India and Philippines have uh, high population densities. They're much poorer countries, much hotter countries. So the effects of global warming may be felt even more in those countries and the effects of climate change 
uh, you know, certainly is felt by youth more as compared to some other countries. Um, you know, an interesting finding, which is that youth from the Philippines, Nigeria, and India, all um, countries in the global south with high impact from climate change, also report fa- far higher rates of optimism, that is over 45%, which is almost double that of most other respondents, including um, youth from the uh, developed world. Oh, that's that's an encouraging finding and also an interesting finding, wonder that has to do with the political discourse in, in those countries. I wondered about engagement. I found that U.S. youth had only mid-range scores in response to most questions, which may indicate that here in the U.S. there is a lower lack of youth engagement compared to more dramatically impacted countries. On the other side of it, only 24% of U.S. youth report optimism. One of the findings that I found most distressing, as did the authors, is that across the globe, the large majority of youth think their governments are lying to them about the effectiveness of their actions, with a high score coming from Brazil, where 78% of young people think their government is lying. In almost all countries, including here in the U.S., the majority of youth think governments are betraying them individually and betraying future generations. To quote the authors, they found that, quote, a perceived failure by governments to respond to the climate crisis is associated with increased distress. Uh, Yes, uh, the the survey highlighted how uh, climate anxiety and distress were correlated with perceived inadequate government response and the associated feelings of betrayal. Yes, and I want to really highlight the author's own closing sentences. Um, Because there is an increasing attention in both the academic and popular press to the high levels of distress related to the environment. But this article makes an an additional and important point. It indicates that governmental inaction and not individual passivity is to blame. We tend to urge people to take action that will reduce their own anxiety because taking action helps reduce anxiety. But the authors argue that government's failure to protect children is, and I'm quoting, a failure of human rights and a failure of an ethical responsibility to care, leading to a moral injury. The authors conclude, and again I'm quoting, we were disturbed by the scale of emotional and psychological effects of climate change upon the children of the world. We wish that these results had not been quite so devastating. Wow, that was a very strong statement made by the authors there. And uh, moral injury is the damage done to one's conscience or moral compass uh, when that person perpetrates, witnesses, or fails to prevent acts that transgress one's own moral beliefs, values, or ethical codes of conduct. As the article quotes, moral injury has been described as a sign of mental health, not disorder, a sign that one's conscience is still alive. Now, let's discuss the strengths and weaknesses of the article? Um, Yes, I think it's always good to do that um, when looking at the research. I think an important thing to recognize as a strength is that this is the first large study to look systematically at this specific issue, and it also builds off the author's prior research. It's timely, it's certainly relevant, and addresses what is essentially the major health crisis of our time. That's global environmental deterioration and its mental health fallout. It makes a new point in that it indicates that government inaction and denial 
are implicated in youth mental distress. In terms of weaknesses, the authors acknowledged that they had to develop new questions that had not been previously standardized to characterize this phenomenon. They also note that the results are not globally representative because first, industrialized nations are the majority, and second, the respondents would need to have internet access and in some cases, English language skills. Nonetheless, it highlights that youth living in highly impacted countries such as India are more emotionally affected than peers in the U.S. and Europe. And they suggest that the results may in fact be an underrepresentation of youth distress. Right. And, and uh, the data was uh, based on equal sample sizes per country and was not weighted according to the population size. Uh, for example, India has more than 1.3 billion people compared to Finland, which has five and a half billion people. Mm. Now, let's uh, close out the discussion with uh, how these findings may be relevant to the CL psychiatrist. At this critical point in time and in our history, I think it behooves all clinicians to incorporate the environmental determinants, determinants of health into our understanding of our patients' experiences and conditions. CL psychiatrists, similar to their colleagues in health psychology, more intentionally hold the reality of mind and body in assessing and treating their patients. We should be speaking up and participating in actions that prod governments to act. It is important for us to recognize that climate anxiety is not a mental illness, but a valid response to an unfolded catastrophe. This article also indicates that recommending individual action as a way to reduce anxiety is insufficient. We should not replicate the dismissive and even gaslighting stance of governments. Additionally, it's important to recognize that higher levels of stress during adolescence do increase the risk for clinical, depressive, and anxiety disorders later. Our participation in climate activism acknowledges and validates our young patients' distress, and it may be our own as well. Two good resources for our listeners are the Climate Psychiatry Alliance and the Medical Consortium on Climate and Health. Both of them can be found on the internet. Yeah, thank, thank you for that information. And, and reviewing this article and researching more about uh, this topic, it is clear that the youth is facing a high rate of climate anxiety. Uh, in addition to governmental response, I imagine that the tension between the pressure to conform to the demands of consumerism which I think has a very high impact on climate change and heightened awareness of climate change can lead to a significant internal conflict amongst the youth. And uh, when I add to your point that climate anxiety should not be medicalized and not considered to be engaging in catastrophic thinking. Instead, it is a normal, reasonable, and totally understandable stress response to what is an unfolding existential threat. With that, any last words, Dr. Burke? Um, you know, I just wanted to, again, um, emphasize the value of the Climate Psychiatry Alliance, which has uh, free on its website um, handouts for patients in three languages on how to cope with heat, remembering that psychiatric medications increase the risk for heat-related conditions like heat stroke. And I so appreciate that you're willing to bring this to the attention of our colleagues, and I hope that this will be part of ongoing participation of CL psychiatrists. Dr. Burke, thank you so much for giving us your time and thanks for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you.
Thank you for tuning into the ACLB podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes. Thank you.